0: Hey, this is Nick from You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the
1: people that give music to you. Asia Pacific Currents.
0: News and Labour Issues from the Asia Pacific Region.
1: We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock
0: on community radio 3CR. Workers
1: of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents. This Saturday, the twenty-fifth of August, you're here on community radio 3CR with Giselle Hannah.
0: And Pierre Morrow, and you always have to get the first and the last word. First usually. and last, Pierre, that's, that's right. right. Yes, but fortunately our listeners are very good and they, and they know that it's the middle, the content that's really <laughs> important. <laughs> Anyway, good morning. It's a beautiful day out there and uh, thanks to Andy for another very interesting uh, program of um, of Solidarity <coughs> Breakfast. And of course, uh, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links and those um, contact details, Giselle.
1: That's right. You can find us on the web or the You will notice if you do go to that website, we are saying that we are upgrading that website. So... I'm still giving you the details, but uh, the site is desperately out of date at the moment. But our uh, social media is up to date and you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. And we regularly post news, current affairs and other issues, reports, that sort of thing from across the Asia-Pacific region. And you can definitely reach us. You can contact us through social media, but you can also email us at aawl at aawl.org.au.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. And um, and on today's program, we'll have the usual roundup of uh, news from the region. Then we'll have a interview that I did just uh, yesterday with uh, Matt Conkle, who is the Director of the Margaret Workers Centre, which is a uh, official opening next Tuesday. So we'll hear what it's all about. And then we've actually got two announcements for upcoming demonstrations this weekend. So very Busy. But we might as well uh, get started. Um, Giselle, to the news items.
1: That's right. We're kicking off in Manila. Last week, scores of maintenance workers, that is electricians, plumbers, masons, carpenters and air conditioning technicians, employed at Pacific Plaza Towers in Bonifacio Global City, walked out on strike. Many of these workers were employed through a labour hire agency. The workers are demanding that the Pacific Plaza Towers employ them directly on an ongoing regular contract. While management tried to break the strike by claiming that the uh, condominium was on private land, um, therefore illegal, the workers were able to secure the support of other workers at the complex. The dispute is continuing as we go to air, and uh, we will continue to bring you updates in the coming weeks.
0: We now go to next door to Indonesia, where the global hotel giant Marriott's um, hotel in Bali, Semnyak, Indonesia, has been involved in a long-running battle with its workers in an attempt to keep them organized. Some 40% of the hotel's workers are on precarious fixed-term contracts. They live um, with the permanent threat that their contracts won't be renewed and work 12-hour shifts with no compensation for overtime. Earlier uh, this year in January, they um, began to form a union. Management immediately retaliated by suspending the union chairman, August Surotama, and threatening not to renew contracts if workers remain with the union. There is an ongoing campaign by the RUF to support the Marriott workers. So you can go to the RUF website.
1: And in South Korea last week, more than 2,000 workers and their supporters marched in Seoul in an action organised by the Pan National Committee for the Victims of Ssangyong Motor. This action is part of the continuing struggle for justice by Ssangyong workers following the crushing of their heroic struggle in 2009 when they occupied their factory for 77 days. There have been many cases of suicides among the dismissed workers, while there are still 30 workers, mainly KCTU activists, who are still unemployed and waiting for promised re-employment.
0: That is certainly a long-running dispute. We now go to India, Uh, sad uh, news really, where a gas leak, uh, leak led to a huge explosion earlier this month at the Bharat Petroleum Corporation refinery near Chambur in the Mumbai region of India. Forty-five workers were injured, with about 20 requiring hospitalisation. Many of the injured workers were contract workers. The explosion also caused uh, damage to houses and buildings surrounding the plant. Workers um, have stated that this was not the first time an incident had occurred on the premises, and in actual fact, just two months previously, a fire had erupted in the same room where this latest explosion occurred. Workers and unions accused a petroleum company of lax health and safety standards and no transparency in investigating problems. Unfortunately, Giselle, it's a very common uh, story about health, and occupational health and safety.
1: Well, we have another uh, occupational health and safety issue again, something that is not uncommon, particularly from Pakistan. A couple of weeks ago, 13 coal miners were killed when the portion of the mine they were working on collapsed on them due to the unforeseen consequences of using dynamite. Supposedly unforeseen consequences, is it? Uh-huh. The mine was located in Sinjidi, which is just east of Keta, in the capital of oil and gas-rich Balochistan province. While the use of dynamite in coal mines should be illegal, many workers resort to it as they have little access to mechanised mining equipment. In another terrible development, two other workers who went in to attempt to rescue those that died also died um, because of the toxic levels of methane in the mine.
0: That's a very um, sad story, really. Um, we now go to Turkey, where there is an ongoing uh, picket line outside the factory gates of Flormay, the Turkish subsidiary of the French-based cosmetic giant Yves Rocha. Um, and um, I think we've brought you um, updates on this issue before. Uh, Earlier this month, the uh, security forces uh, uh, intervened in attempt to end the resistance of the over 130 dismissed Workers, i.e. they're trying to break their picket line. Um, fortunately, the, the workers resistant and they've reformed the picket line and the issue is still um, continuing. And the interesting um, thing is that a, um, our eyewitness, another trade unionist who were present there, um, has um, said this this statement, um, resistance is beautiful. You will win because you're all beautiful and your union, petrol-ish, is a strong one that wins its disputes. Your voices are heard not just just in Turkey, but um, throughout the whole world. We will continue to support your struggle for justice and we will win. There will be a union at Flormar. So um, well done, comrades, and uh, we're certainly in solidarity with you.
1: Um, I've got another coal mining accident, this one from uh, India. In a tragic incident, two workers at the Gangavaram port in Visakapatanam, I don't think I pronounced that correctly. It's unusual oh, for me, but I did make a mistake. You'll just have to back, go back to classes. <laughs> they died, unfortunately, these workers. Two two workers died on Friday after they were buried under a heap of coal that fell on top of them. The police said that the two workers uh, uh, who have been identified, a 43-year-old and a 59-year-old, um, were supervising loading operations in the transit area when the heat fell on them. The incident took place on Friday, as we mentioned previously. Um, The coal was... uh, Let me just see. So these workers were working on a port. It doesn't look like they were um, members of a union or organised in any particular way, but that too is the consequence of um, working... uh, Well, not the consequence, but one of the um, things that when you don't have organised unions... Um, There is not a lot of oversight for these things. In September last year, another accident happened at the very same port um, where a foreign ship tilted dangerously to one side after a crane operator wrongly loaded cargo to one side of the ship. And then that also resulted in an imbalance and a, a heap of coal falling on workers and killing them.
0: That's right, very um, sad uh, news, a bit of a, a, a sad news roundup uh, this week, but unfortunately sometimes that happens, but also of resistance and continuing struggle. That's all that we've got um, for you for the roundup of the news items uh, today, but um, we'll have a community announcer, and then we'll come back with the uh, interview with Matt Kunkel about the uh, Workers' uh, Migrant Centre. Australia is a crime scene. It's unfinished business is crime.
1: People don't understand that it was a military
0: exercise. It was military in the first fleet. It was Captain James Cook. It was Captain Arthur Phillip. Right through the history of Australia, it's a military exercise. Our people have suffered greatly because the white man is not prepared to act honourably and legally still the cade in this country today.
1: This is Tracy R.
0: It's uh, just on 11 past nine o'clock here on Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Link and on your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio, heard all around the world. Um, as um, a lot of people around, uh, listen, well, as a lot of their local listeners would know, the issue of um, permanent, of uh, temporary migrant workers or migrant workers racism, uh, immigration has really uh, come to the uh, to the forefront of political debate in the last uh, few years. Um, unfortunately, often in um, very repressive and discriminatory terms. And um, here in Melbourne, the uh, Trades Hall. Um, centre has actually set up a migrant workers centre, and I caught up earlier in the week with uh, Matt Kunkel, who is the director of this centre, to um, get him to explain a bit about the uh, this centre. Can you tell us why the migrant workers was um, established?
2: The migrant workers centre is being established because the it's been identified as a bit of a hole in the migrant worker organising. Migrant workers are more likely to be hurt at work. They're more likely to have have their wages taken from them or not receive their paying conditions. And at the moment, this cohort of workers is not well organised inside of the union movement or in any other kind of industrial way. So the migrant worker centre is being set up to do some outreach into these communities to educate workers about their rights at work and how they can work collectively to enforce them. Um, And that, as, as I said, is really in part because there's no one out there dedicated in Australia anyway to this type of work.
0: We'll get back to the question of your relationships to the unions in a little while. But in terms of, of you, you say, migrant workers, do you mean workers on temporary visas or workers from a non-English background? Like, how do you define that? Or even um, students on temporary uh, student visas who work?
2: Yeah, sure. I guess our remit is any worker who has travelled to Australia for work, whether that be on a temporary basis or a permanent basis, that... Um, includes people who have migrated here with the intention of staying forever. It also includes people who have come in to do a particular job, maybe for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, and it includes international workers, um, international students as well. It's also, our remit also covers the, those, the families of those people that I just mentioned as well, because obviously those, those people also have needs as they come, and we want to better make sure that they have The rights to, uh, or the or the knowledge about their rights. We want to make sure that these workers have a good understanding and a good knowledge of um, of their workplace rights and how they can go about enforcing them.
0: And in terms of the migrant workers centre, I get the feeling that it's the only one in Australia.
2: Uh, I think it's the only one of its type. I think there are lots of organisations out there that work with migrant workers or maybe migrant worker organisations from a particular ethnicity, but I think that we might be one of the very few organisations that has such a wide constituency or potential kind of intake of, um, of people.
0: You've said that you work with all migrant workers, so do you cover all industries as well?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, in the sense of... of it's not really a question of coverage, I guess. We're not a union. Um, what we are is someone there that, A first point of contact for workers that might be having trouble at work Um, so in that sense we haven't we're not limited to any one industry or any section of industries but as you can imagine there'd be some industries that are you know where migrant workers are more prevalent than others
0: and in terms of unions and unionizing and this might be a, a slightly controversial question why don't unions organise these migrant workers and why was there a need for a separate center
2: oh, that is a tricky one pierre i mean it would be different for different organizations what we've found is that there's been some barriers and um, in some cases some of those barriers are things like language barriers they might um also be uh cultural barriers or some political questions about you know people's experience of unions in the origin the country of origin so it's not, in some cases, there's an additional hurdle to bring them into the Australian labour movement. But I'm not, I'm not sure I'd agree with you to say that unions don't organise migrant workers. There's some really great examples of people out there, or unions out there, doing that work. Um, but it is, it is true to say that migrant workers are underrepresented inside the Australian union movement.
0: You're right, I, I don't think I meant to say that no migrant workers uh, are representing unions. And to follow up what you've just said, so let's say you go out there and you work with a group of migrant workers, how then do you refer them or, or put them towards the union? Like, How does that all that
2: work? Well, it's a little bit different with different unions and um, we have found that a lot of people have come to us so far with underpayment issues uh, you know non-payment superannuation or wages and where those issues are able to be turned into a collective issue we've brought workers together and effectively started organising those, those workplaces um, and in the meantime obviously we've spoken to the unions that are that have coverage of the of those industries or of those workplaces um, and spoken to them about how they might want to get involved and different unions are engaging with the migrant worker center in different ways and, and getting involved at different different stages of the process but our fo- our primary focus is to make sure that migrant workers who are having problems at work mm. can learn just exactly what the cause of their problems are and the extent of them and then you know we can provide them a number of different options on how they can go forward but the ultimate goal there is to make sure that all workers in that in that workplace um, and particularly the migrant workers in those workplaces are aware of the rights and able to enforce them by working together.
0: All right, that sounds uh, terrific and given that you're uh, focusing on a cohort that obviously may still have lots of ties to a different country, Do you have any links with unions in the home country, especially if they're
2: on temporary migrant uh, working visas? Well, we've just started, so our intention is to kind of develop those links over time. Um, And there are a couple of unions. uh, One of our organisers did similar work to this when he was in New Zealand, for example. So we've got links through him back to the work that he did in New Zealand and actually a bit of work in Samoa as well. But it's one of those things that over time we we'd look to try and develop links international links with different unions in countries of origin so that we can you know best best provide assistance to migrant workers when they're in australia
0: it certainly sounds like it's um, quite a slow and engaging type of of work so how big is the is the is the center like how many people do you employ
2: well at the moment the center has three organizers and a media and comms officer um, but we are going we are looking to expand that a little bit more've got a couple of positions that are about to come open so yeah it, it's it's a challenge and the job to try and overcome some of the systematic issues facing migrant workers is it's a, it's a pretty big task so ultimately while we might have three or four organisers and a small team in the centre we're looking to build a wider network of activists and and workers to take action on these issues.
0: I think our listeners would would see the the amount of work that you've got in front of you. And, you know, unfortunately, especially in the last few years, as uh, local listeners would know, the political climate has really become much harder uh, around migration, about temporary workers and racism. How does this affect you and what kind of advocacy are you doing on these issues?
2: I think it's very difficult It's it's very difficult to separate the industrial issues from the other issues that are facing migrant workers, particularly the the increase in the divisive hate speech against migrants and and the racism that we're seeing, not just in the communities, but also in workplaces as well. I think we can't divide those issues. We also can't divide issues of, you know, paying conditions from the ability for workers to actually come to Australia and do work. There are a number of really big issues that come in together and and we can't we can't really only focus on whether or not someone's being paid correctly so the migrant workers centre will work with networks and, and allies and try and build a coalition around addressing some of these wider issues of migration and um, and racism in, uh, in the community as well.
0: That's certainly something that, you know, unfortunately, it's not just uh, an issue that's affecting Australia. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, we did an interview with um, a similar centre to yours in in Malaysia, and they put across lots of similar issues. And and of course, um, on Tuesday, you're having the official opening of the of the centre. Can you tell us a bit about it?
2: Yeah, that's right. So on. Tuesday, the 28th of August, we will be launching, formally anyway, the, the Migrant Workers Centre. There'll be the requisite speeches and formalities at the start, and then there'll be um, some music and some dancing afterwards. So, um, yeah, a bit of a party just to celebrate the start of, of a big project, and, yeah, we'd love to see as many people um, there as possible. With the, I guess now's the time to plug the fact that it's at 6pm, Tuesday, the 28th of August, uh, and we're located at the Trades Hall in Carlton, corner of Ligon Street and Victoria Street.
0: Well, we'll certainly be there. But just before I let you go, uh, if people are listening to this uh, interview and are thinking, oh, wow, well, this is exactly the people I'm, I'm looking for, either for myself or someone I know at work, how do they get in touch with you and what is the process?
2: Well, if people want to get more involved in our work, they can do a couple of things. They can... Go to our website, which is www.migrantworkers.org.au uh, and there's a little sign-up page where they can put their details in and um, and get more involved. Or they could flick off an email to mwc at vthc.org.au.
0: And no phone number?
2: Yes, they could also give us a quick call on 96593516. Thank you very
0: much. Matt, sounds very exciting, and we'll certainly uh, keep uh, in touch uh, in the future to see how you're going.
2: Great. Thanks, Pierre.
1: you got to remember NAIDOC's a special day for us, fellas. As a reminder, we are. Every year for NAIDOC Week, 3 dr Community Radio gives voice to our Indigenous brothers and sisters through Beyond the Bars. Australia's only live prison broadcast.
2: I am i black, black man.
0: Nadoc means a lot to me. It's about identity and also about past and present.
2: Nadoc means a lot to me for my family and my people.
1: And the people forgetting about our rights. You can access audio from current and past Beyond the Bars broadcast via the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars and either listen to or download audio from Australia's only live prison broadcasts. Happy Happy day off. off. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio T-shirts and so do we. They're a bargain at $20 for adults and $15 for kids and come in black, white, grey, and a cool light blue. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 9419 8377. Or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one.
0: It's just on 25 past nine o'clock here on 3CR Radio. Listen to Asia Pacific Currents. And the interview that you just listened was with Matt Kunkel, who is the director of the Migrant Workers Centre in Hope to see all of you at the launch this coming Tuesday at Trades Hall at 6pm. We've actually got um, a couple of uh, minutes, uh, Giselle, to actually give announcements without going blah, 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 which is um, well done by both of us. I think we might as well pat each other on well the that,
1: back. actually, that sound is just how you sound to me, Pierre. I I, I never am able to distill words in your speaking.
0: <laughs> I won't go there, listen. I won't go there. Um, but let's just start. Um, but See, I, I, I all these re- extra
1: minutes for insults. What else I, were we going to
0: use them for? I will remember this insult, Giselle. Don't you <laughs> worry. Don't you worry. I'll go in my little black book, which is already on the fourth edition. But anyway, <laughs> so today at <laughs> half past 12.
1: That's right. Actually, we've got some pretty serious um, events, we struggle opportunities to announce. That's right. Today. So
0: the first one I'll do today, you do tomorrow's. How's that? All right. So we've got an equal division of labour here. Um, Today, today at half past twelve, there is a counter march at uh, against the uh, far right, who is trying to use the men right, the men's rights uh, movement, as another tool or another way to organise. Uh, and they're having a, a a march or a demonstration for for men's rights. Um, and so there is a counter rally being being called to try and uh, and stop the far right organising on our streets. And it's at half past twelve this Saturday, at the corner of Flinders Street at the at the Flinders Street Station at Federation Square here in the middle of Melbourne. So it's at twelve thirty this afternoon. And um, Giselle, tomorrow there is um, after all that. Uh, um, shambolic uh, elections in the Liberal pro- in the Liberal Party. There is actually a rally because um, really, while Dutton hasn't uh, uh, come up, um, Scott Morrison uh, really is not that much better.
1: Well, that's right. I mean, this this demonstration was called by the Refugee Action Collective some time ago before it started looking like. Um, the shit was going to hit the fan inside the Liberal Party. Um, the event is still an opportunity. I, I mean, this this rally, which is tomorrow at 2 o'clock at the State Library, is really about the 12-year-olds currently on Manus Island that are attempting suicide in a number of different ways in a helpless response to the... Intractability of their situation. I don't know how else to say that. So the young woman who, or the the twelve year old girl who attempted to self-immolate, the twelve year old boy who is refusing to eat. People are describing it as a hunger strike, and I don't think. I think one requires a bit more consciousness, political consciousness, to engage in a hunger strike. This is absolute and utter despair. Um, So this demonstration, while. Reminding us that the Liberal Party, whichever personnel is sitting in the driving seat, is no friend of the working class. This really is a struggle um, for the rights of our comrades who are being tortured and and are languishing on Manus Island. That is tomorrow from 2 to 5 or starting at 2 o'clock at the State Library. Make sure you're there.
0: That's right. And um, look, I can also say a, a, a terrible, unfortunate uh, development in all of this stuff is that some people may realise that in Italy a far-right uh, coalition came to power a few months ago. And basically, from what I've been told, they keep repeating that they want to um, emulate the Australian situation, the Australian hard line in Italy as well. So it's just uh, a disaster. Really, but um, anyway, so I um, hope to see you there bo- at both um, rallies. But um, we've actually um, finished with our time. Uh, Giselle will be right on time, and so stay tuned for Palestine Remembered. And I'm not too sure if I said um, thanks to Annie for Solidarity breakfast for her program beforehand. But if not, I'll say it again. So um, we'll be back next uh, week with another program of uh, updating on labour struggle- struggles in the Asia Pacific region. My name is Pierre Morrow, and I'm Giselle Hannah. And we'll see you next week and stay tuned for Palestine Remembered.
1: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.